0: Welcome back to the Sighting Lab, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. Now, today's episode is the long-awaited review of the season. Uh, we had a week off last week to sort of gather our thoughts, and this week we are back. And first up, I we are going to talk about the championship standings in each of the three classes. Um, so first up, I think the main man that we obviously have to talk about as the winner of it all took the crown, um, is Izan Guevara, who finished on top with 319 points. He had seven wins uh, at Jerez, Catalonia, Saxon Rink, Aragon, Mategi Australia and Valencia. He led 163 laps. What are your thoughts on his season performance?
1: I mean, he has just been above everyone else this year. He was so on top of his game throughout the entire season we often see people either starting off very strong and then not really falling off but it's just a bit more um, muted down results Mm -hmm. or you have people who are struggling at first to find their footing and once they get more comfortable they just take off but Isan just was there the entire year and there were so many good overtakes of him he's been consistently very fast in qualifying as well he, and he was able to do it in on his own. We mm-hmm. often see people slipstreaming in Moto3, especially in the last minutes of FP3 or in qualifying or even in the race, but he just has so much pace on his own. It's also very interesting to see like we often talk about it, even though it's just one moment of his career, but mm. it's so interesting to see how much he matured and evolved yeah. since last year in mean, Coachella. Last year was <laughs> it was a very funny <laughs> incident, but yeah. seeing he did have some misfortune as well this season, where he where it wasn't necessarily his fault, where he didn't get the results, and he was so incredibly mature about it. At his age, during the championship fight, I like props to this guy.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hats off. So next up in P2, we have who we just mentioned about. Who was P1 into the summer break? We have Sergio Garcia. He finished the season with 257 points. He had three wins uh, at Argentina, Portimao and Magello. He led 46 laps. What are your thoughts on his season?
1: It's very difficult for me because I think he's had a great season, but at the mm-hmm. same time, if your teammates with Isan Guevara and your teammate has like a season like he had, it's difficult to, like you're a bit, a bit in the shadow of him. Mm-hmm. And there are some great moments that Sergio had during the season, which were just incredible to witness. But at the same time, he didn't really stick out to me that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really bad to say because he wasn't. He was also great this season, but
0: yeah, yeah. I I, I, think I think when you have, like you said, I think when you have such a bright star that Ethan Guevara appeared to be, and like the fact that he was basically he was branded a star boy, a golden boy. Uh, the fact that he was so young and coming in, and the fact that he would matured so much, and then to have him as his teammate, it just sort of detracted from the fact of what he's done this season. Um, Like you said, he's had a brilliant season. He's had seven other top three uh, finishes and he's had a pole position and you just, you sort of feel for him a bit. For last season he finished P2 as well um, and you just feel a bit for him. He finished P2, right?
1: I'm just happy to see both of them move up next year and for also for Serestriu to go to another team, because I think Aspar, they have found their golden boy, just yeah. like Ducati has Paco, or Yamaha yeah. has Fabio, and I think it would have been very difficult if both of them would have moved up at the same time into the same team. I think it's yeah. good for him to work with new people, even though he seemed very comfortable with the people in Aspar. Mm-hmm. I think it would probably help his confidence to yeah. Work in another team, just get a new perspective.
0: Have a different teammate that you know, see see what <laughs> he can do from it. Yeah. Next up is Dennis Foggia in P three in the championship. He had two hundred forty six points. He won four times in Mandalika, Silverson, Misano, and Rurium. Um four positions and he led eighty one laps, which was more than Sergio Garcia. Um yeah, what are your thoughts on his season? As you are a big Foggia fan, as we know.
1: I think Going into this season, as almost everyone, we all had such high expectations in Mm -hmm. Dennis, And I don't want to say that it was a disappointing season for him. I do feel that there are results that really stand out in a positive way. But there are also results that really stand out in a very, very negative way, which Mm -hmm. it's... Sometimes I just wanted to take him and shake him around a bit and be like, "Please just go faster." <laughs> i I don't know. it was sometimes it was a bit frustrating and uh, to watch, but at the same time, I do have to acknowledge as well that it must have been very frustrating for him. So yeah. I think he did very well. There was it's good to see
0: um him sort of get a hold of. Uh, the mental side and we've been talking a lot about mental health this month and I really hope that he is one that can go on from this and become a lot stronger in his uh, in himself and have more confidence and he finished the season uh, with a few top. five uh, he finished P4 in the last race so P5
1: it was enough to take... P4, yeah. yeah. He finished
0: P4 um, in the in the last race. So that was good. And it was good to take the top three.
1: Also someone that's going to move up. Very yeah. exciting for me to see. I am interested to see how he will do on that bike because we've seen a bit of both sides in mm. the Trans team where we've seen Joe Robbins do really well and Lorenzo Porta struggling a bit, Mm -hmm. to say the least. (laughs) So it's it's going to be interesting. Of course, I do hope that he will have the same results as Joe, but I'm not Mm -hmm. expecting anything uh, on that level next year from him.
0: Absolutely. Right. I think the this is a, di- a different part that we're gonna do but we're gonna pick our um we're gonna basically tell you our picks for uh riders that we think have done well the season so do you want to start off
1: I have been roving about this guy since <laughs> Qatar I think <laughs> and I'm still bitter about that incident in Qatar but I'm Sasaki. <laughs> he he's just a joy to watch when he mm-hmm. writes. It's just, he's, I don't know, it's just so fun to see him write. He is a bit aggressive. He goes for the gap. He's so fast, such a fun character in the paddock. I just mm-hmm. love to see him. He's just uh, doing a, a, a so well. Fan.
0: Yeah. I. He's one of my picks as well. And it, it's just, as you say, he's just, it's such a delight to watch. And, it's exciting. He um he's had a few pole positions. He was still really starting to get on it and he won the races by oh uh, the races that he did how many races did he win the season? Two? Won two races and one of them he won by quite a quite a margin, didn't he? Um so it, it's really good to see him having such a good uh, good start to I just,
1: you just know when you see him closing in on the rider that he will go for it and yeah. it's just fun at the same time he I don't feel like he had that many incidents where he was irresponsible with his yeah. overtakes they are sometimes a bit aggressive but at the same time he, he kind of knows what he's doing he's been mm-hmm. in the class long enough to know what he can do, what he can't do and it's just really great to see how much he improved this season and also during the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Who's your next pick?
1: Um, I think my next pick might be a bit out of the box, but at the same okay. time, I don't think it is. Okay. My second pick is David Munoz. Mm. I... I know that he's had some controversial moments, but he's so, so young. He came into this class five five or six races in. Most of the mm-hmm. people already got comfortable with the bike, so it's really difficult to just come in and perform so, so well, especially we didn't really know what to expect from the Bowie bike because we've seen someone replace him basically in the first races. Ada Carrasco didn't have the best time uh-huh. during the year and he just came into this class and did crazy things but also crazy exciting things. I think with him, it's you can see that he has so much more pace and so much potential, which mm-hmm. will be great to see uh, once it develops, once he gets more experience. I think, He's one of those people where you're looking at in three to four years, probably sitting in Moto2, maybe in GP, and you're just excited about him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, my second pick is a bit different, but I completely agree with everything you just said. So the person I've picked is Ivan Ortola. And I have been, <laughs> as you might have heard in a few podcast episodes, I have been bigging him up. And I know he's not... I wouldn't say he is one of the standout um, names that suddenly comes to your mind, but he's definitely someone that I've been keeping my eye on. And he's had consistent performances this season. He's been right up there. I mean, the last race, he obviously... Um, he was obviously battling for the podium in the last race. Um, he ended up finishing p P12, but he, I feel like he's consistently always up there. And Especially to the, with the second half of the season, he was really starting to challenge um, in qualifying. Um, and yeah it was just it's just really nice to see and as you say he's definitely one to watch in the future i'd say
1: i think he's a very exciting person to watch mm-hmm. race especially it's also his rookie year it's yeah. difficult to i have so such high expectations for every rookie to consistently yeah. score points that's just not possible and i do believe especially in the second half of the season that's when i started to Mm -hmm. keep a bit more of an eye on Jay because I think he's mainly in the first half of the races he's just so strong and I think there's just a couple of things that he still needs to improve on and learn but that's what those years are for yeah it will come with maturity yeah I do think like tire management, mm-hmm. late race pace, those are things he needs to be working on. But at the same time, you can see that there is the potential for him to get those things under control and do well at the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Who is your next pick?
1: Um, we talked a lot about maturity and growing <laughs> as a rider right and as a person. And I will go with Dennis Unshu.
0: Mm, on that. Mine is the same. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, there's, he's been so, so great. I wouldn't say that I didn't like him. I just didn't have any strong feelings towards him at the beginning mm. of the season. But at the end, I was just rooting for him, <laughs> especially in, yeah, it was in Valencia where he was mm. battling with Izan for the win. I was, uh, I was really hoping for him to get it, but in the end, yeah. it didn't work out for him. But it's, I mean, it, that's, it is what it is at the end of yeah. the day. He will be very, very strong next season. Seeing him, see mm-hmm. him move to the Ayo team is a great step for him. And I do think that he will get his win eventually next year. Yes. And I, he's just really growing on me as a person, as a writer. He, He's also he's a bit like ayumu Sasaki where you know he will he will make the move he will go for it mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes a bit aggressive but in a way where especially this season he knows or he's starting to learn his limits which yeah is great absolutely
0: yeah and that's the thing is he's as we said maturity uh he's starting to know his limits and it'll be really exciting to see. Where he goes, as you said, he just he missed out twice with P two on the win uh, in Aragon and in Valencia, but it would be, I, I think he's going to be one of those that when he start when he gets his first win, he's not going to stop, and it's going to be really exciting to see all the battles next season, and hopefully he can continue that on a different or uh, on the uh, different team. Hi, right, I think we're up due for your best moment in Moto three.
1: I think you and I picked the same. And yes, we did. Again, how could it not be (laughs) Don McPhee's win in Malaysia? It's he's had a very up and down season, Mm -hmm. with missing so many races at the start with his vertebrae injury, of course losing his seat because he's growing too old for this class, which which
0: seems bizarre to say.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) weird. And um, yeah, this win, it's just, he deserved it so much. And we all know how good of a rider he is. And it's just sad to see him go. Mm. And I think that was the perfect farewell gift. I mean, also for um, Max Biaggi, who will also leave the Moto3 class like, he will not mm-hmm. be teaming, he will not have a team, basically, mm-hmm. on the grid next year. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit of a Suzuki situation in my <laughs> eyes yeah. with Alex Wins and Slade Wins.
0: Yeah, but that's exactly it. Is he? It was just, it was almost as if it was written in the stars a bit, this win. And it was really, really good to see, and good to see him. Um, and I hope that he uh, finds somewhere. Is
1: there? Does he ever see anyone next year, have we heard? don't think he has anything confirmed yeah I don't think- also what to say uh, this win was so surprising to me because I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to him during the race until the last corner on the last lap where he, suddenly he was leading and it was just like where are you coming from
0: I, I I remember I was tweeting it and I was like, "What is happening?" And then he came out,
1: and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no, it it was such a great win, and the, the moment it happened, my dad was immediately on the phone, all caps, like, "Ah!" <laughs> my dad's a big John McPhee fan. Um, so no, it, it was really really good to see. Right, <laughs> I, I think that's us done for Moto three so far. Let's yeah. move on to motor too 2 so if we go through the same format again just so people know um so first up uh Augusto Fernandez won uh the championship with 271.5 points um which you know we already know what happened there but his four wins that he had were at Le Mans, Saxon Ring, Aston and Silverstone he led for 56 laps what are your thoughts on his season?
1: I think I was a bit of a helicopter mom the entire season of Augusto <laughs> Fernandez. because n- nothing he did was good enough for me even though he's <laughs> been absolutely brilliant he was fantastic but I was just, you know like mm-hmm. those typical Asian moms and for the <laughs> listeners this is not racist, I am Asian <laughs> please understand <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's I don't know I just had such high expectations and at the same time he did meet them so (laughs) (laughs) there's not much to say I think um, especially when at the beginning of the season when uh, MotoGP returned to the European tracks he just started a streak that he, he just seemed unstoppable and yeah, I don't have much to say about him. He's been great. I do apologize, Augusto Fernandes, if you're ever listening <laughs> to any of our episodes for saying bad things or being <laughs> too strict about this stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what what my views on the podcast have been about him. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> I've slept since the end of the season, so I don't remember. But no, I, I like you said, I think he's had a brilliant season. He's just... He did what needed to be done to win the championship, and I think that's all that could have been asked of him. And, yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, into the summer break, he was actually tied P1 um, with 146 points with Celestino Vietti, who I don't know if we'll touch on this episode or maybe the next one. Um, but, yeah, no, he he always seemed to be there when he needed to be there. He always turned up when he needed to turn up, and brilliant season for him, really.
1: He's one of those people where there aren't that many standout performances. Yeah. But it's just so consistent. There's not like a thinking about Augusto. There's, and I might do him very dirty here because I do believe that he had a couple of very good overtakes and stuff Mm -hmm. during the season. But there's not one that's really standing out to me. It's Mm -hmm. just, Again, the maturity in his performances throughout every single race that Mm. has not only, not surprised me, but we don't see it very often. Mm. You often see people kind of losing their head in a couple of races, which is completely normal. But Mm. yeah, he's just really impressive.
0: Yeah, and obviously he's making a jump up to MotoGP next season, which, (laughs) what are your thoughts on that?
1: (laughs) I am scared for him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if I was, if I was the tiger mom, then like you know, <laughs> last season, I will be the protective soccer mom next season. You're gonna go
0: the complete opposite way and be like, "Yeah, he did amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was the best." <laughs> I'm telling you, next year Augusta can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> no, it's just uh, I do hope that with. The team, the Tech 3 team, changing sponsors, um, going with ASPAR. I guess there will be some changes in the direction as well coming -hmm. with that. Um, I do hope that there will be a more accommodating structure for young guys to come in. And Mm. not having to worry about losing your seat after a year than having to go either to a different class or to a different team. Um, Yeah. I hope so too. I, I,
0: I I really would like him to do well in MotoGP next season and hopefully he can adapt to the bikes quickly.
1: I don't have the highest expectations no. for him, but I think that's not because of him. That's mainly because of the bike they are having, and I yeah. don't see them making such a big step up that no. he could do mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, super exciting in a way.
0: Yeah, I just I, I just hope he does well for what the the team expected. Oh, well, we'll see what the team expects. But you know, what I mean, like with the with the bike and with everything into consideration, I just hope that he is able to be consistent or just get a grip and not have the worry of losing his seat at the end of it.
1: I think it's also going to be very difficult for him to be partnered with Paul. I mean, Paul yeah. did have a very, very difficult season or two very difficult seasons, to be fair. Yeah. Um, at Honda and him returning to KTM, he had such a good time at KTM, yeah. where he m- might not have been the leader, but he was very high in the hierarchy of riders yeah. that were valued in, the, in that factory. So, I suppose I do you hope-
0: could
1: also, sorry, I suppose you could also spin that and
0: say, hopefully that that could actually help him because Paul could help and help him understand the bike and hopefully they they form a good partnership. So Augusto yeah. isn't so,
1: I don't want to say well, far well. behind.
0: I don't want to say far behind, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Right, I think we should move on a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so in second, we have Ayagura with 242 points. He had the three wins at Horeth, Asin and Mategi. Yeah, what are your thoughts on his season?
1: I think Agura is one of the people that you can never rule out no matter where he's starting on the grid Mm -hmm. he can not be dead last Mm -hmm. you can uh, still expect him to be in at least a fight for a top 5 positions I think a lot of his results didn't really reflect on how well he's actually doing and how good Mm -hmm. of a rider he is and to be able like I don't want to impose anything or because I I'm not a rider I don't know the bike but especially if you compare his performance to Chantras mm-hmm. I think you can see that he is just on another level on that bike having so many good riders in Moto2 I think Moto2 is was the for the entire season a class where I wouldn't say the level was the highest, but the level mm-hmm. on top of the top 10 uh, people finishing in the standings where the level was just very equal. So mm-hmm. it's difficult to be on the very top every single race. And I do believe that he did a very, very good job in doing that. He's also a very mature rider. And we didn't really see him make many mistakes apart mm. from the last two races where you could clearly see that he was under pressure but other than that there aren't many moments that stick out to me where i would say that was a dumb move
0: yeah i like you said it It was a bit i don't see him as like he had a good overall season. There was a few moments that obviously the the crash at Valencia was heartbreaking, and we were all devastated. But I suppose at the same time it was the like you said the the results didn't reflect his actual performances and like he could come back from out absolutely nowhere and be right at the very top and then something could happen and he could get tangled up and be dragged back a little bit and it's just unfortunate to see. Um, into the summer break he was p3 with 145 points um, which was technically p2 because there's <laughs> two tied <laughs> for p1 um, but no what, what's sort was of surprising is aside from Vietti is that the top three remained the same in this class and in MotoGP which we'll talk about a bit later but yeah no it he had I think he had a good season it was just like you say a bit of a shame the way it ended
1: yeah i do believe i think he's the type of person who will see it as an opportunity to grow for next yeah. year uh he you can see he's very self critical and i do hope that this is not getting too much into his head because yeah. he is i mean even after we've seen him win or finish p2 or be on the podium in his post race interviews You rarely hear him say that he's happy with his performance. It's always like, oh yeah, it was good enough for now, but is is it good enough for the next race? Or I could have done, I could have avoided this mistake, I could have avoided this mistake. And it's just minor things, like going Mm -hmm. a bit too wide into a corner, not even that much, maybe losing a tenth of a second, if even that like
0: I hope he doesn't hyper fixate on it to a point where it could like you know potentially damage the way that he thinks about all of this but no i i i do hope like you said that he can <laughs> is this gonna. i don't know how hard this is gonna sound <laughs> i hope that he can learn to sort of let go of the mistakes and just focus on the the good parts that he's done obviously he did have a good season um there's no doubt about it. It was unfortunate the way it ended. But at the same time, like you say, he needs to use this as an opportunity to grow.
1: I, I know that they don't see it that way. But at the same time, you will always have someone who will be a runner up in a season. And yeah. they will always feel like, not that they've gotten cheated out of a win or a championship. But it's it will always be hard on them because... You are the next in line, basically, and you will always think about that could be me. So Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, you will always, no matter in which class you're racing, no matter, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Like, there's always going to be a runner-up, which is unfortunate for the runner-up themselves. But like you say, it's just part of sports, really. Um, Speaking of the next runner-up, who we should now talk about but move on a bit um so next up we had Aaron Canette who finished third with 200 points unfortunately he didn't get a win but <laughs> he had eight podium finishes and he led for 16 laps um your thoughts on his performance as you are a big fan as we have often spoken about this season
1: <laughs> I just want to say that I've written down a couple of notes, and <laughs> my notes about Aaron Canet start with, "I'm just a huge fan of that <laughs> man." <laughs> we'll
0: Which make it very, very clear from the start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: I am a huge fan of it, and also what he represents. I <laughs> do like. I mean, there was for the entire season there was this myth going around about his bow tie story and even he always said he would reveal it when he gets his first win of course this didn't happen but he still revealed his story which I was I I was really happy that he did it because I do think it's an important conversation to be held Mm -hmm. about not being judged by your appearances and Mm -hmm. maybe losing out opportunities just because you don't fit into the norm and I not fitting into the norm and I I do generally believe that it is something that's not that much talked about in Mm -hmm. especially MotoGP motorcycle racing and yeah I think that was a big part also Mm -hmm. for him to Mm -hmm. speak up about stuff um talking about performances in my head he did great, he did great. <laughs> do, do you want me to chat no <laughs> no um, but I do think that objectively he had a good season mm. I think that getting this first Moto2 win kind of got a bit into his head and that's why yeah. he had some silly moments yeah <laughs>
0: I first off just want to start my little bit about him is I completely agree with what you said about him coming out and telling his story. I think that was so important for him to do, even though he didn't get his first win. I think it was still important for him to talk about that, especially with a lot of the stuff that we've heard happening inside team garages this this season as well. Um, I think it was a good thing that he came out and spoke about it, but yeah, like you said, I, I think he's had a good season. There were a few, few mistakes. Um, he 's been a bit unfortunate on some occasions I mean he had three pole positions and uh crashed out of all three sorry Annick to remind you of that but um... well
1: I think he also crashed out of basically every race he was leading so
0: yeah I think so that, that's why got so. announced <laughs> yeah um,
1: it's yeah it is what it is but I, think I still happens. believe I still believe that once he gets his first win and I do hope it's Portimao next season. Yeah, <laughs> I think I said the exact same thing last podcast episode. But <laughs> I think once he starts winning, he will not stop winning because yeah. then he will just have this elusive first win title out of yeah. his head, and he can just enjoy it. And mm. because I generally believe he is, he has the potential to be a race winner. Yeah, and not I, just I... a one-time race winner, but a multiple race winner. Um, mm. I mean he's shown so much strength and also he did have a very unfortunate season after his crash in Portimao where he mm-hmm. got injured this very unfortunate car crash I mean yeah. he still tried to go out every single time tried to do his best mm. Um, you can just see how motivated he is and that's yeah. also very nice
0: Absolutely, and like you said, he—I still think he had a really good season. He had eight podium finishes, um, and it's just like you said, he had a, he had a lot going on outside as well, um, and it was good to see him finish third in the
1: championship.
0: Right? Have Have we spoken about him enough? Shall we move on?
1: <laughs> I will come back to him, so it's we'll come fine. back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I think we should now go into the picks for your to two um, picks of the season. So do you want to start off with your first one?
1: Yes. And I do believe this rider has been the most exciting new addition to the grid in all three classes. And that's quite a that's... statement. And, and no and I completely stand by it
0: I don't know who you're saying I don't know I can't remember who you've said for this so <laughs> I might agree we'll come back to it
1: <laughs> Alonso Lopez yeah he, I agree with that <laughs> I think mean, his entrance was a bit stormy to say that way
0: yeah yeah but
1: <laughs> I mean I it's a difficult situation I I think it paid off for the team. I didn't like how the situation was handled, but at the same time it did pay off and Alonso Lopez deserved a seat. So yeah. At the end it's fine. I would say so. I don't want this set a precedent for other teams to just go and switch out people at the beginning of the season as a yeah. rookie kind of rookie. I mean that's also debatable in with Romano Fenalti. But at the same yeah. We've had conversations about that before. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about it enough this season. Um, in general, just so so great, such yeah. a great rider. I, mean, as said before, there the level is so high in Moto Two, especially if you're looking yeah. at the top ten people in the championship standings. Alonso mm-hmm. came in very very late. he's come into a class that is so competitive and. Mm-hmm. He he was just so, so good from the beginning. I don't know how he did it. I mean, we expect... I don't know really what I expected. But I didn't expect him... Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was kind of hoping for him to do well, but I didn't expect him to do so well. And I... Just so impressive. I think he's one of those people where you just know that they were like mm-hmm. they d- deserved a seat from the beginning, and mm-hmm. it's just a great story for him. And also great to see that people who are so incredibly talented get a second chance and can show what they what their potential actually is. I mean, yeah. Um, I do have to say. Valencia was a bit of a letdown yeah I didn't (laughs) uh, also it seemed very out of character for him but I think other than that just fantastic throughout the entire season
0: I completely agree I mean he didn't um I've got in my notes that he didn't finish apart from the races the three three races that he didn't finish he didn't finish outside the top eight so he was always in the top eight and I, I think to come back for and you know do what he's done in his rookie season I think it's just unheard of um you don't yeah you don't hear of it like very often if at all like he's had a brilliant season and uh, yeah he's one of my picks as well I like I do agree with your statement now that I've realized who it is um, <laughs> yeah completely unbelievable
1: him and David Munoz kind of have the same story just that yeah. uh Alonso Lopez is the mature version of Damage yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but... okay, he also has age and experience on his side so yeah. that's understandable
0: yeah but... but yeah I completely agree it, it, he's had an unreal season I'm sort of sitting back thinking about it and be like yeah I don't really know what happened it was. It seems a bit like a fever dream
1: <laughs> oh, it was so so great to see him uh, wheelie over the finishing line mm-hmm. and uh, Misano, such a great moment to witness I was very excited to- well of course I again <laughs> wished for Aaron Karnetta to get his first win but um, Alonso Lupus I was more than happy with him winning in Misano as well so that's fine
0: <laughs> yeah that works let's chat about your next pick and I don't know if it's the same as mine but we'll continue
1: I think I have to go with it, not because of your guys' British bias, but just because it's true. We have the and same that's Jake <laughs> Dixon. <laughs> I mean, people talk a lot about him with, mm. in, like, in the same terms of British bias, but that's—I think—that's not doing him any justice. No, because he's—you he, could see, especially during the season, how much he grew. Mm. He did have a couple of silly crashes out of the lead out of a podium uh potential and Mm. he just i don't know it just started like just the knots untied itself inside of him and he's just been so consistently good which is great to see he's also super likable guy yeah great to see him
0: he's he's i think harvey often says that he's winning at life and we'll we'll quote you there um but yeah no definitely he's had a brilliant season and no bias here <laughs> um but no yeah definitely had a great season i mean he finished on the p3 seven times i think if i've just counted that correctly if i've counted that wrong i'm really sorry i've either given him an extra podium or i've taken one away i don't know which was worse but <laughs> he finished p3 that many times and he just had a solid end to the season and I don't think anyone can take away from him what he's done this year over British bias or whatever. I think he's definitely not spoken about enough and it will, it will be really interesting to see what he does next year.
1: We know that Aspar is a good team mm-hmm. and that the bike has a lot of potential. So it's also Tony Arbolino. I okay. don't... I do I, oh. Oh. <laughs> I do have a lot to say. And at mm-hmm. the same time, I don't. Um <laughs> I don't know. He just I didn't expect I didn't see them coming. But yeah. I do think it's also great to see him do so well because he is also one of these guys who really deserves it. Um Yeah, it with the within the team it's a bit of an on one side you see someone just achieve so much, and on the other side, it's so difficult yeah. with Sam Lowe's having so many crashes, injuries, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Tony was basically on his own the entire season. Yeah, and I do think that he did very well in doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have picked someone different to you, but yeah, now I completely agree with everything that you've just said. Um, I've picked uh Pedro Acosta as the last one um I I just think he's had a brilliant season uh especially as it being his rookie season to finish fifth in the championship is brilliant for him and to get three wins I think three wins is also really good and he's finished three wins two wins no three words. I just thought I'd count that wrong. No, it is three. I'm right. Um, <laughs> they get very
1: difficult words. to count to three. I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> it's difficult to count to three. Okay. <laughs> no, but like you said, he he had he'd we'd discussed it before we started filming and he, he'd had that injury and he would got the win in Aragon after he'd broken his leg. Um, but no, it it's been really, really good season. And I think on that note, Who is your favorite moment in the season?
1: I do have to say something about Pedro Acosta. This man has gotten done dirty by the fans. People really overhyped him and then were overly critical about him. He had a great season. And for people to say he disappointed, that's just mean and wrong. I don't know what he could have done more. He... Of course, he did have a couple more questions than expected, but at the same time, I think he needed to have some of them to learn because he yeah. doesn't have the experience and just he came in so strong in yeah. Moto three, where I believe if it's gone like if it's gone the same way for him in Moto two, he might have had really bad struggles in Moto GP once he yeah. won't move up, so. Yeah, I just want to say justice for Pedro Acosta because he completely was great
0: agree. this year. Yeah, I yeah I'm gonna continue on that. Yeah, I completely agree. It's the fact that like everybody started comparing him to names that are too big names that he should be compared to, especially as a rookie. Like I he can also, be compared to them, but not in a critical way that he is. I
1: also think it's so difficult of especially with saying stuff like oh the next mark marcus or oh, yeah. blah 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 the next Valentino Rossi. you can't say that no. in a way that there are like the, the bikes are different the people yeah. who are you who you're racing against are different the calendar is different it's, yeah completely there's so many additions and i i'm not i think it's a normal reaction that you're trying to make comparisons it's just human but at the same time you can't just be so set on these yeah yeah.
0: (sighs) there shouldn't be the expectations from that um at the end of the day pedro costa is pedro costa and yeah just let
1: him be his own person be himself
0: and i'm not being funny we're now calling people well not us i don't know if we have but like i've seen other outlets calling people in through the next pedro Acosta. well let them be who they want to be and let pedro be pedro okay all right i think my rant is over let's go next (laughs)
1: let's go to our highlights which i said i will bring the conversation back (laughs) up and i will (laughs) um my highlight of the season was Aaron Canet's podium in Herath after mm. breaking his hand at that multiple rider crash in Portimao mm. I think he's just done incredible there I, you, you could really see in all of the practice sessions and after the race in how much pain he was the entire time yeah. and he's done so good he, he even got I think back to back podiums after breaking his hand and then he had to get this uh, surgery. Had to race the same weekend. He's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely.
0: My my pick is back to who we were just talking about. <laughs> um, uh, my pick is Pedro Costa's first win at Mugello uh, in Moto Two. I mean, this was just. I don't know where it came from almost, but then we do know where it came from because he's Pedro Acosta, but at the same time, he'd come on the back of three retirements in four races and he'd finished 20th in Jerez and it was just, I think he had an injury, uh, a small injury before. Um, but no, th- this this was just a really nice feel good moment and it was so good to see him back on the top step and the confidence that he then had in himself after that. Uh, was really shining through and yeah it was absolutely brilliant next are we done do you, do you want to comment yes. on that
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm done with my ranting and protecting <laughs> we all know what he can do exactly so
0: let's move on to the premier class moto gp so uh, we all know who won peko bangnaia 265 points he ha- he won the most races with seven uh, at Herath, Mugello, Assen, Silverson, Styria, Mizano and Malaysia. Um, he led 189 laps, which I think is just unreal. Um, yeah, tell me what you think about his season.
1: <laughs> I would say, you know that Stonks meme? Yes. <laughs> Like the one that goes up. (laughs) That's basically his season in one meme.
0: I love that. Like the the, the positive (laughs) stocks, not the negative ones.
1: Because he started off, not terrible, but well, to be fair, he did start off terrible in Qatar. But after that, it was uh, (laughs) very underwhelming for the first, Mm. I'd say three to four maybe even five races mm-hmm. and I do believe that it that was part uh part of the problem was the bike we yeah. also seen yeah. Jack struggle we've seen Johan Zarco and Jorge Martin struggle with similar problems who all started off with the same bike at the beginning of the season and once they got all of that under control and it was pacos liking he was able to do something that no one else in MotoGP history was able to do before. Absolutely. And that's making up a points gap that just seems so unreal to me. It I don't know how he's done it. Because there was just no person who was able to stop him. At, mm. Especially the second half of the season. Last year, we've already seen that he's very strong on uh what well, yeah during the second half but mm-hmm. this year it was again on a completely different level
0: yeah uh, he outclassed everyone and yeah. he he's had one of the biggest comebacks in the sport like you said in history um into the summer break he had 106 points in he was in P4 whereas Pe- uh Fabio Cotaro. I was about to say Peko Cotaro, which is not right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me re <re-speak>. Don't <laughs> uh, no, no uh, worry. I once <laughs> um I once tweeted something about watching Formula One mm-hmm. about Chaco's pit stop, but I was still thinking about Moto GP, so I put oh no, that was a terrible pit stop for Peko. <laughs> Oh no,
0: <laughs> no! But into the summer break, he had 106 points, and he was in P4. And the deficit to Fabio Kotorow, who was in P1, was 66 points. He had 172 points. I think everyone at that point thought the championship was over, but not if any if pekka I had to say anything about it. And as you said, he just had such a brilliant second half of the season. I mean, it's just unreal. Five of his wins came after um uh after assen no from assen i can't speak you know what i'm trying to get <laughs> they came from assen so yeah he's just had an unbelievable season and it's good to see and the bike the fact that he's really come to terms with the bike and the fact that all of the Takatis are doing well this season it's going to be difficult for yamaha to stop them or anyone else to stop them next year i think with paco
1: just just one Problem that sometimes comes up, and that's not... him losing the front, the front sliding out. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think that's something that he can very easily work on, and it's something that we actually see mm-hmm. with most ducati riders. yes yeah. happening. I don't. So I don't know if it's a bike problem rather than yeah. a pedal problem, but yeah if once they got this under control i do believe that he's unstoppable because he's going to be unstoppable, obviously yeah. that is by far the best gri- uh, bike on the grip and this combined with his talent and mm-hmm. yeah his raw pace he's just unreal
0: but yeah like he used pecco bagnaia is the second vr46 academy rider to win a world title after Frankie Morbidelli. so you know, big things have happened and it'll be interesting to see how that affects it in the future as well, the VR46 be.
1: Valentino Rossi, not only an out-of-this-world talented man himself, mm-hmm. but also so good at finding talent. Mm. I, I don't know how he's doing it, well, mainly looking for Italian people, but other <laughs> than that, he does find very talented Italian people.
0: Yeah, completely. It's it like you said, the Italian people, Bezecchi won Rookie of the Year this year as well. Um, just big things for their academy and their team. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that, their team's like next season. But we'll talk about that in another episode. So <laughs> let's talk about Fabio quattararo who was in P2 with 248 points. He did win three races, um, Portamao, Catalunya and Saxon Ring we've just spoken about um his points leading into the summer break and he did end up finishing p2 what are your thoughts uh,
1: basically riding faultless for yeah twenty thousand kilometers in a year that's that's not, just not possible if you're riding on this up high of a level so um, uh, and people say actually... uh, talking shit about him <laughs> no, <Nope>, you're wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like you also don't expect like as we said pekabang and i had such a brilliant bike this season and you also don't expect then your competitors to go out and he won four races on the bounce like that doesn't happen very often unless i don't know your mark marquez or like someone of that color but like it it doesn't happen very often and he was unfortunate that he couldn't challenge but then we saw Asteria, oh, he was still not am I. Yeah, Stuart, so we were still challenging, and he was ended finished P2. I
1: think it's also a thing of, um, we're talking a lot about the entire title fight between Paco and Fabio, where mm-hmm. you have Paco, who clearly had a better bike, but that doesn't take away anything from his talent but yeah, at the same time it's like it's not just between Fabio and Paco you have no. other people who took away points on Fabio if you have eight Ducatis on the grid who all eight of them have been faster than the Yamaha to be honest mm-hmm. of course yeah like, it's I think at first the concern about having so many Ducatis on the grid was a bit of them taking points away from each other in the yeah. championship, so Fabio could just slip away with it, but in the end their master plan kind of worked and yeah. <laughs> um, they took out points from Fabio I mean, you, Ducati has the privilege of having a great bike so many great bikes and so many great riders on them and yeah. of course uh, if if Fabio was the only Yamaha that was there to defend, none of them uh, none of the others were Anywhere near he was, then we had Aprilia who came in really really strong this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Suzuki did very well. Then they did. Then they did again. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Yeah. Once it was raining, Miguel Oliver was basically unstoppable. To be fair, so (laughs) having for Fabio, Fabio basically fought against twenty-three other people.
0: Yeah. And that is that is the thing is you you can look at the seasons and you can compare them seasons, but they' both had very different championship fights. and i'm not I'm not taking away from Peko whatsoever. He has had brilliant season, but yeah, he he's had he's had more help,
1: oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you <laughs> could clearly see towards uh, the last races that people were paying a lot of attention. For you, yeah, um,
0: okay. shall, yeah. <laughs> shall <laughs> I we think on on before we get ourselves into trouble. <laughs>
1: um
0: yeah, no, but Fabio had a really good season.
1: It's so refreshing in a yeah. way. We've seen him kind of challenge Paco, which was very exciting and gives me a lot of hope for next season to have mm-hmm. a very, very fun. Well, fun for us to watch. Maybe there <laughs> could be some Friction. team tensions coming up, yeah. But it's he doesn't settle for mm. anything, and that's great to see. And I think if you want to be successful in MotoGP, that's the way you have to go. Yeah, it's it was just great to see him ride this season. Um, he was incredible last year so mm-hmm. there were high expectations but he exceeded them by a mile and yeah I I just loved every single moment I well not yeah. every single moment there were a couple of uh, weird results I would say I mean yeah results that seemed a bit out of character for him also yeah. qualifying was sometimes very weird for him yeah qualifying was weird. Like he was either completely at the top or, or just way not back there, yeah. But other than that, I think that's something that he just needs to get used to. Mm. And I am really, really ex. You know what? I'm really excited about. It. It's gonna sound weird, but I'm really excited to see the first maybe three races, because mm. it will be the first time where we will see. Jorge Martin and Inea Bastanini on the exact same bike. Yeah. And we've never had that comparison and there's so many comparisons going on but last season Inea was on the 20 uh, the JP19 mm-hmm. um Jorge was on the GP21 bike this Mm. year we had horror on the gp22 and in on the gp21 bike so it's going to be very very interesting because i just want to see it because
0: equal machinery
1: yeah it's it's going to be very interesting
0: yeah i completely agree and that that was actually where i was going to go with this i'll talk about my favorite moment of his later um (laughs) but no i think he's had a brilliant season and As we all know, he was battling for that seat in the factory team with Jorge Martin and there was lots and lots of comparisons drawn between them. However, looking back at the season, he deserves a seat and I don't think, like you said, they have been on different bikes so it's going to be really interesting to see how they fare next season. for me, thinking about it now, I feel like in some episodes I was like, oh, well, I didn't want Anaya. actually needed to get the seat. But actually thinking about it now, in my head, perspective is a brilliant thing. Um, thinking about it now, my thoughts on it is, I, I just think that he de- he deserves the seat because Jorge Martín is so good on the pragmac, and he still needs time to develop a bit with the, the bike. And But then so does Ineo. And it's like a bit of a, it's a bit of a, you've thing, got to even the
1: board. thing is, Especially with Ducati. I just wish they had two factory teams. Because <laughs> they have at least four people who very well deserve that seat. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. still firmly believe that Jorge Martin, in my eyes, is the rider who has mm. the most, not unused potential, but potential to still be explored on the grid. Because he, on a day where he's good, he is so so insanely good that it's Mm. just mind-blowing the things he can do on a bike is Mm. absolutely incredible sadly these moments aren't well they weren't as often there as probably expected from him but I do really believe that he is one of the those people who have all of the necessary qualities to become a world champion, maybe even a multiple-time world champion. It's just a thing of putting these qualities together and figuring out how... Like, just connecting the dots, because, Mm -hmm. yeah, I... I am a huge horror Martín fan, but this is not the part I. <laughs> no, I know. I completely switched from. We should be talking about. In
0: the- <laughs> we should, yeah. But no, I can. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I think with perspective and time since it finished, so like this past week, I've thought about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, in my head, it sort of does make sense that I got the the seat, and I, I do think he's fully deserving. I think they both were, and I think that's what's difficult about it. But just keep Paco I'm... out.
1: <laughs> He's got this championship. Like, bye.
0: goodbye. Um... No, that's a
1: joke.
0: That's a joke. <laughs> that is a keep joke, him, please don't.
1: <laughs> um, but no,
0: like I, I, I think it'll be a really interesting team dynamic, as you said, between Packer and Anaya next season, and I'm really looking forward to it. I hope that they're allowed to race each other.
1: Um I think you know what that's maybe the reason why I'm most excited for Inea to be um Peko's teammate rather than Jorge. I think yeah. Jorge. I think Inea would kind of ignore maybe team or- a team order or two. Yeah. I don't think Jorge would do it.
0: No, I don't think Jorge would and I, I think that's I don't know. In my in my mind it's sort of that's why Inea was picked because he, he also has I'm not saying Jorge doesn't, but I don't think he just yet yeah, I don't I think maybe in two years he has the potential to win, but I feel like Anea will help or or maybe steal a title away from heko this season if 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 the bike is as good as we know it is, I think that could I think it'll be fiery in that garage and I'm really looking forward to it <laughs> right. I think we should move on.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yes, okay. Next up do you want to tell me your pick? For outside riders of the top three, um,
1: this is not necessarily a rider in particular, mm. well, as well. In particular, it's Aprilia and Alesh together. Yeah. I think I, I, they're just I'm the same, just they had such a difficult time together, and then they but they worked it out, and now both the team mm-hmm. and Alesh are finally getting what they deserve and that is success yeah both of them are just a match made in heaven and i i also have to like with maverick it was a bit more difficult but you could clearly see how much potential he has on that bike as well Mm -hmm. and i'm really excited to see how maverick will do next season because he's shown glimpses of greatness it just didn't really work out for one reason or another this year Mm -hmm. for him Ali is just incredible Aprilia it's mm -hmm. just such an underdog story which you just cannot not root for them you yeah you just have a special place in everyone's hearts I think no
0: I I think so and it's like I, I think this is why I've also picked them, is it it's this it is the story of the underdogs is they had concessions, they lost the concessions because of the points that they managed to get. And then obviously Alish was very much challenging all season until what, four races ago, three races ago. And then and he was still back, I for P three, but unfortunately retired at Valencia, um, meaning that Anea Bastianini got P three. Um, but it was I'd say it was a brilliant standout season for them alone and it's it was good to see the progress and I, I look forward to seeing how they progress now without the concessions. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's an underdog story and who doesn't love an underdog?
1: I mean, also you have to say, um she's been in the, in this class for so long, but at the same yeah. time, he's never been in that position to fight for a championship. So yeah it's still very new for him and considering that his season was nearly faultless uh, well we all know one very big mistake that he's made thinking that the race was maybe finished and it wasn't but other than that uh, just incredible even after his little tangle with Fabio and Osson to come back and finish fourth incredible he's been so so strong and mm-hmm. it's He's also like one of those people that you just love to see winning and yeah. on the podium because he is so emotional about it. Um, yeah. You can see he, he loves his family, he loves riding. What what else? What more do you want what to see? What more do you want?
0: Yeah. yeah. He, he wears a heart on his sleeve, and I think that is what we love to see. We love to see the release of emotions. And yeah, it, it's, it was overall just a brilliant season for them both. Do you want to? Tell me your next pick.
1: I, yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I know. <laughs> no. no, sorry.
0: Um, That's
1: a big podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I will not disclose that information <laughs> with you. Um, also, one of those people where I just really, really enjoyed the story. And someone who I was a bit indifferent at the beginning of the season and now biggest supporter ever, Mm. that's Alex Rins. It's a bit of a bittersweet story for him. It was Mm. great to see him get out of that bad string of results, bad luck uh, kind of situation that he had last year in mm-hmm. 2021 which was definitely a very difficult season for him and mm-hmm. he started off so so strong there were incredible moments I think Alex Vince is one of those people where I have his, his highlights so, so vividly in my head Yeah, he's just surprised us in the best way possible in yeah. everything well not every single race but main, most of the races and yeah when Suzuki announced that they were leaving, they were on a high, he was on a high. Yeah, It was just so heartbreaking because you can see how much potential is within the team, within Alex Wins, within Joan Mir and mm-hmm. this just letting all of this fade away was very difficult. You could clearly see that those riders uh, were struggling yeah. after that announcement and um. John Muir, he, of course, he did get injured towards the end of the season, which was difficult for him, but Alex Wins, he just grew from it. He really showed what he can do, and I, um, to, to be honest, I think I'm a bit disappointed for him. That he will probably not get the bike he deserves next year, because yeah. he's just shown how brilliant he is, and it's been so fun to see him ride this season.
0: Yeah, I, I I've gone for him as well. I mean, we all know that I've said before that I am a bit of a, well, I'm not a closeted Suzuki fan anymore because I tell him everyone <laughs> on the podcast. But I, 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 me and my dad have always followed them, um, and. It's it's just this season was a bit heartbreaking when they announced it and i'm still like it's still i still devastated about the fact that they're leaving and it was just really nice for alex Rins to give suzuki the fairy tale story, and uh, the fairy tale ending to the story uh with the win in valencia and i just it just makes it it makes me really sad <laughs> uh, the fact that they're leaving and i just like you say, I I wish he was going to a bike that he he deserves, but it'll be interesting to see what he does next season. And obviously, you say Jean-Mierre, um had a bit more of a bumpy season, but they both the first four races they were finishing like with with each other. It was like six, seven, four, five, three, four, and like they had a really good season up until obviously the announcement, which um, wrecked it for both of them. I think mentally that no, I don't think anyone was expecting it. And then, unfortunately, Mir then got injured and was unable to sort of recover from that. Um, uh, from that news, but then, yeah, Alex Rins just started on a run, and I don't think anybody could stop him at that point. And it was really good to see. Before I ramble anymore more about how much I'm really sad about Suzuki leaving, let's go to the next person that you picked. <laughs>
1: I'm mentioning him every single podcast and I will say every single time that this man is criminally underrated. Brad mm-hmm. Binder. Yeah. Um I mean I think he flew a bit under the radar because he didn't get a win this year and Miguel got two, but at the same time, wet conditions. It's uh, it's a win, but it's not the type of wins most writers want to have. Mm-hmm. well they, they will gladly take it but you're often hear <laughs> you don't from riders they don't want to be known as someone who uh, is a red race expert Specialist, because it means yeah. yeah it means that you can only do well in extraordinary conditions mm-hmm. but that's not the point brad binder we we know that the ktm uh, bike has its difficulties and Especially in qualifying, KTM was really, really struggling this year in qualifying, and it is difficult in MotoGP currently to overtake a lot mm-hmm. to move from the back of the grid to the front. Um. Yet he still does so well, and he's so consistent. He's mm-hmm. not been the rider who's been the most exciting to watch in a sense of big big results but his results are consistent enough Mm -hmm. to be still very much at the at the the front basically Mm -hmm. and I do believe that we will we never really saw what Brad Binder can actually do on Mm -hmm. a really good bike because I do believe that he we would talk completely different about Brad now if we would have probably seen him on the Ducati yeah then people would say he probably has championship material working for him and mm. yeah Brad Binder so underrated so good
0: yeah I pick someone else just to be a bit different
1: <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> you have do the same but then one different <laughs> <laughs> you, you can see underrated
0: see I was actually just thinking about it and I was torn between my pick between Miguel Oliveira and Jack Miller but I've written Jack Miller down and I have his stats down so I'm just going to talk about him you know that I like my stats <laughs> I
1: just want to say Dad? I would have gone with Miguel if I was you yeah
0: I mean me too but I've i I. Right, I've only got to pick one, so I've got to pick Jack Miller because <laughs> I have stats now. <laughs> um, no, but also if I pick Miguel Oliveira, then my bias might be showing a little bit. <laughs> um, but no, I think Jack Miller has had a really good season. Uh, he finished seven times on the podium. Um, challenged a lot for the lead. Did he get a win? Yes, yes, he did at uh, Mategi. One. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I do think. I mean, I I said it on one. Of, I think I've said it on one of the episodes, or I've said it to my dad. I get confused at what I've said on one of the episodes and what I've told my dad. So if I haven't said this, then I'm saying it now. Um, I was of the opinion when they were talking about replacing Jack at Ducati is why didn't they just keep him, as he is always just consistent and he's been a consistent teammate, and I think that is why he's leaving. I think that's why he wanted to. Did he want to leave, or did he get told he was leaving? I can't remember.
1: I think there were talks about him maybe going to a satellite team in Ducati. And then he mm. made that comment about, I'm not a slice of ham, and left for KTM.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember now. But yeah, no, like, I do think Ducati should have kept him. I mean, also, I, I see both sides to it as he, he is not the, uh, I don't know how to say that nicely. Hang on, let me think of a way to say <laughs> he's not a exactly young you. rookie. Yeah, yeah I, I like, I get he's, what just, you mean. he's just, he's I, just, I I. think I'm more, I think he's been incredibly underrated this season. He's always been consistent, he's always been there helping with podiums, and he's helped Peko with, well, we all know that they've all helped him um, this season, but I do think that he is one that has stood out for me, and I, Hope that we see him do well on the KTM next season.
1: I don't know if I'm just what? biased, or I don't, I don't, I don't know. But what? I say it
0: anyway, and then I'll tell you. Uh, it,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> it's difficult for me because if you're having a twenty race season and you are on the factory bike of Ducati and you get one win, yet there are. Wait, Paco had seven wins, Inia had four? He
0: had four, yeah. Yeah, four and
1: seven. You have 11 out of 12 Dukasi wins that aren't like under your belt. It's a situation where, of course, Paco got seven, but Inia still got four. And um, also, podium wise, there were a couple of podiums for jorge there were a couple of podiums for zarco there were a couple of podiums for no, one podium at least for bass mm-hmm. um there was i think you yeah. right now jack is a good fit for the team because he's the perfect second rider for paco but mm-hmm. at the same time if you're having people who are so hungry like Jorge and Inea and mm-hmm. even Luca and Bass, you can't just yeah. see like wait and see what happens stay with like keep Jack as long as possible as long as he's doing well enough to support Paco because those guys will leave you at one point if they don't see the opportunity to move up they will go somewhere else um of course Ducati has the privilege of having the best bike at the moment but I think that there are other exciting prospects where we I mean also things can turn around pretty quickly if you're developing your bike in the wrong direction and you're not realizing it until the last test you are basically your season is basically gone. I mean, we've seen it in MotoGP, we've seen it in Formula 1, it can go either in one direction or another one. So Mm -hmm. if you try to recognize the potential of a team before the success is actually coming, you're looking like a genius if you're moving there. And Mm -hmm. I think the Cardi did a really wise decision of letting Jack go and Mm. putting a, not a rookie, but a Like in the, end, in the team. Yeah. Especially if you're looking at a uh, longe- longevity turn.
0: Yeah. And I-, I agree. Within with that.
1: five years. I think they would have really, really wanted to keep Jack in a satellite team. But at the same time, I do understand if Jack doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And I, I think don't think Jack understand- wanted to be yeah. number
0: two anymore. And
1: that's completely fine. And I think, yeah. to be honest, he m- might be struggling a bit more in KTM but at the same time I think Jack can rewrite his story in KTM more Mm -hmm. I think he knows that he's not going to win a championship in KTM but at least what he can do for his career is not just be the second man for Paco anymore yeah
0: yeah and I think this season was a really good season for him um I'm glad that he was able to find another seat, as we know there's a sh- there were shortages of seats this season with mm-hmm. Suzuki leaving. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, longevity, It yeah, I agree. But I thought for another season that he, he still had another season with the factory team in him. And yeah, it will be interesting to see how that pays off, but I think we should move on. <laughs> um, so is is that all of them? Have we said all of them? Are we now onto to the best moments? Yes. Okay. Give me your best moment of the MotoGP season.
1: Fabio's win at Catalonia with a lead by over six seconds. It's <laughs> not a Yamaha track. Fabio did so well there. <laughs> he, no, I believe that was one of his best performances. And yeah, I agree. So, so, such a great win. Um, I didn't expect it at all mm. uh, on a track like. Catalonia but he's done so so well and I think it's where he's really showing that he is overperforming by a mile on that bike Mm -hmm. there's no one else who would have been able to do that other than him
0: completely agree that's not my moment but I I, I like that moment too (laughs) we've already mentioned my moment um, my best moment of the season and that is or was, sorry past tense has already happened um, and that was Neo win in Qatar um, just the emotion from that is really what got to me and it's one of the moments that I just I think I'll remember for a very long time um, the fact that obviously he dedicated it to Fausto Grazini and the way that he did the he, he the way that he raced with, he was trailing behind pole for a, a lot of the race before suddenly having a burst of pace and going past him. And it it's just one of the races that I think will stay in my mind for a very long time. And yeah.
1: I completely agree with that moment. It was so, so beautiful. And you could really see the family dynamic they have going on in yeah. the team, which is also great, especially during the season. We've seen a lot of uh, very hostile Racing environments like Mm -hmm. videos coming up and stuff like that, Uh, people making comments. And it's nice to see people getting the support they need and they deserve. So that's it's really nice.
0: It was really good to see. And it was also really good to see the first uh, female team uh, leader. What's she called? Um, What's the title called? I've forgotten what it's called.
1: Team manager. Yeah, okay. Team chief.
0: Team chief. I don't know. the yeah, te- Nadia Fadivani. It was really nice to see her up on the podium as the first um, female team manager. That's what we'll go with. But yeah, no, that's been really good. Are we all done? Shall I finish this up? Oh, all I right.
1: have one honourable mention. Okay, you have another good. I go. believe that I. I just thought about it because I have one other highlight of the mm. season for MotoGP. GP. But at the same time, I think in general, this person is uh, worthy of an honorable mention and that, well, my moment was Mark Marcus, Kota. Yes, such I totally agree. And I mean, it, that race was just insane. Uh, of course it wasn't a win, which is a very Mark Marcus-like on Kota, <laughs> but at the same time, the comeback he's made in that race was just insane. I mean, we've yeah. talked about it's basically impossible for in MotoGP to start, uh, at the end of the grid and then progress. Uh, fight your way, yeah, fight your way back up. You can only do it if you're making up a lot of positions before the first corner. Mm -hmm. uh mark did exactly the opposite (laughs) yeah yeah and he still managed to finish so well and um in general i just want to quickly talk about mark because i think he's done incredible considering his physical limits he was facing this season again um i don't know where he still takes the motivation because. To be honest, if I was on my fourth surgery two years in, I would have and I would be rich and a seven times world champion. I would just say like I'm going into retirement. I'm living my best life now. <laughs> but he is still so highly motivated to come yeah. back and do what he loves. And it's great to see. I think he's had some great performances. And you could also see him still mature and i think he's been a bit more he's learned a lot during the past two years about himself and about the sport which helped him to become a different person of course he still likes his mind games here and there which is very fun for the media and stuff but um other than that i do believe that he did exceptional and not many people would have put this much energy into mm. getting back when yeah. you don't need to from a financial level or whatever yeah like, he's achieved everything you want to achieve. What do you want more yet he still wants to come back
0: yeah I think like you said it, he's had an unbelievable season it's been it, I, I genuinely like, I don't understand how he's had the most motivation to come back but when the photos came out when he was coming back before aragon when he was on the bike for the first time um after that breakout in, in the middle with the massive smile on his face you could just see that it was like he was back and it, it, it is the sort of thing of mark marquez is often like spoken about as if you know not, not, he's invincible nothing could like hurt him apart from this injury obviously but <laughs> like it, it's the sort of it is the story that you want to see happen and it's Apart from some people, my dad doesn't want to see it happen, but I do.
1: <laughs> I think even people who are not Mark Marcus fans, mm. they can still appreciate the yeah. the journey he's had yeah, the lately. recovery. Yeah. Cause and, I think if you're a fan of the sport, you yeah. might have people that you like. Maybe have people that you like a little less, but at the same time, die you still have. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, the point is, everyone has tremendous respect for each yeah. and every one of these writers. So I completely agree. Like I, you might not like it, but you still kind mm-hmm. of like it. Yeah,
0: you respect it. that yeah. definitely. I, it's that thing. It's the amount of respect that he does have is amazing and we all know that he then his highest a English his highest finish the season was at Phillip Island and he was second and that was amazing to see then and he is just such a important figure in the sport that I'm really glad that he it seems like he's on his way back to a good level hopefully the bike helps and hopefully he can help next season I don't think he'll win but next season but I think he's up to a level where he could be potentially challenging think, it more consistently.
1: I think he could be a title contender mm. because yeah. Well, on one side, I do believe he could be a title contender because even fifty uh, percent functioning Mark Marcus is still better than half of the grid, which is I
0: completely agree. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it, it is what it is, but I think. Uh, something that he will probably very much struggle with is the bike. We've That's seen the progression. With the, um, I don't know. I just watched a bit of the Valencian test. Mm. And it, of course, the first test of the season, uh, they, uh, no, the, well, yeah, the first test of the season, the last test of the last season. Mm. Um, it is not that... I wouldn't say it's not that important, but a lot can change. They still have the entire winter break to develop and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But we've seen Honda consistently take the wrong decisions lately. Yeah. So.
0: And I also think something he may struggle with uh, is the progression of the grid because the grid, yes, a 50% function in Mark Markers is better than half the grid, but then the grid has moved on. And I do think he can still keep up, but I think it'll take. Maybe not as many as people think, but it will take him a few races just to adapt back to that. And the fact that he says his arm is like completely back to normal is a bit scary for everyone else on the grid. Which I don't know if I believe that or if it's mind games. I don't believe it.
1: They said the same thing at the beginning of this Mm. season. They said it... um well, yeah, okay, he was also <laughs> they said he didn't have any diplopia problems anymore, and he didn't have any arm problems, he was 100% fit, and it turned out to be completely wrong mm. on both ends, well, diplopia uh, questionable He it, they come back after his crash, but I yeah. do believe that there might have been some, some lingering symptoms and with yeah. his arm was obviously completely a lie because uh mm. you there are tests uh where you can clearly see that his bone wasn't hardening up or I don't know the english I don't know
0: for, yeah um I don't know either, but the <laughs> so
1: it, w- it was clear that he wasn't one hundred percent fit, and of course they can't go out and say that to the mm-hmm. present media and be like, "Oh yeah, Mark, uh, he's basically uh, having glass bones or whatever." So that's yeah, understandable, but, but yeah. at the same time, you can't always trust I... the teams.
0: Well, yeah, that that's sense. true, but I also. From his mannerism and from his body language, I believe it more this time. And yeah. I don't know if that's because I want yeah. to believe it, or if it's just because that's he's like hiding it. But I do, I do see a lot more that it looks like he's back to not to the way to 2019, but the thing is, is 2019 mark in 2022 may not line up. But I do think he will get back on and continue the progression
1: i do agree with you in a sense that he seemed a bit more comfortable and had mm. less severe crashes after he came back um from his fourth in uh, surgery so mm-hmm. i could see it i do I hope could. to see it i do
0: i really hope so i think it would be such a fairy tale story and you know us we're all we're all about the feel good stories um yeah. I, I don't think anyone could deny him of that. Okay, I feel like we've spoken enough about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we've waffled on for ages here.
0: Um, Right, let's wrap this up. So next week we'll be back with another episode about uh, the season again. We've got a few more uh, things that we want to talk about. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are at The Sighting Lab on all socials. And we will be back next week with another episode on the season